You're listening to Your Jewish Life, Your Way with Karen Cinnamon, the podcast that explores what it feels like to be Jewish or Jewish in 2022. On the show, we divulge all of the secrets and know-how to being confident in celebrating and living your Jewish life, your way, with easy, simple ways to embrace your mishpacha through the traditions and rituals you've been dying to learn more about. So save your kvetching, we are talking less Jewish guilt and more Jewish joy here on out. Yalla, forget about the right and wrong ways to be Jewish. It's time to create a Jewish life you love living. Welcome to today's episode. Always such fun to hang out together and talk about stuff. Today, I thought I would tell you all about my Jewish dating story. I got married a little later on in life. Well, later than what I imagined. I was one of those little girls. I always wanted to get married, have a family, just have children. That's what I thought I wanted when I was a teenager. I remember, I remember telling someone that I wanted to get married by the age of 25 and have two children and it was just always something that I really really wanted. I loved the structure of family and the the framework and I'd had such a positive experience and I wanted to recreate that and it was always top of my wish list and it's always the way isn't it the more you want something sometimes the harder it is to get and I certainly feel like I had many, many, many years of dating till I met my husband and settled down. And I didn't meet my husband till I was 35, one month away from being 36. And for me, I felt that was late. I was ready for all that stuff a lot earlier. Or was I? I decided to do this episode today just because I've been having lots of conversations around this inside my membership community, Smash in Life, my community for Jewish women. Most of the women in my community are 20s, 30s, 40s. So some are single, some are married, some have family, but you know, plenty of single women in there. And, and we have chats about all kinds of stuff. I got asked some questions and I thought it would make sense to wrap it all up into a podcast episode to just just talk about Jewish dating. It can be different to dating in a non-Jewish world. There's pressures, there's limitations. Obviously, the pool of partners is way smaller, but there's also, you know, some really beautiful stuff as well. As I say that, I kind of look back and think of all the really hard times during dating when I was just so ready to meet someone and all my friends were settling down and it just it just wasn't happening for me at a time when so much else was going well my career was really successful um so basically prior to starting your Jewish life your way the brand I had I started well your Jewish life your way is a spin-off brand of smashing the glass which is my wedding platform all about your Jewish wedding your way and then your Jewish life your way was created some years later and what led me to creating smashing the glass was actually planning a Jewish wedding and feeling like there was nothing out there to help you know plan your modern Jewish wedding your way but prior so that all came about from my engagement but prior to being engaged my career was um, a digital and brand designer in London I had a successful company and it was just going really really well and I felt like everything in my career has always gone well but I always found it really hard to date and find 
decent partners in the dating scene and, and all that sort of stuff. So what I thought I'd do today is answer some questions. I've been asked a lot of questions by my community and on Instagram about dating in the Jewish world, about meeting my husband. Well, not so much meeting my husband, more about dating. I'm going to talk about today. Maybe on another episode, I'll talk about my husband and a bit more in depth how we met and our marriage and things like that. If you're interested in that, let me know. Either DM me at Your Jewish Life or if you're inside Smashing Life, tell me. Tell me what you want to hear. So why don't I dive into some Q&As about Jewish dating and through those Q&As you'll hear a bit about my Jewish dating story. So the first question is, were you worried about missing out on having kids? So essentially, I... At the age of, in my early, no, how old was I when I moved into an apartment? So basically one of the big things that I think affected finally meeting my husband, my life partner, was buying my own apartment. I had always been renting and I think for me personally, my mindset when I was renting was, oh, when I meet someone, I'll move into his house, his apartment, we'll set up home together. And it was already, before I'd even started, I was putting pressure on the relationship, on the person, on everything by moving into their, you know, it was always like they were supposed to come with a package. And I didn't realise this at the time, obviously, but um, I reached a point where I just thought, you know, I can't, in my, I think I was about 35 when I bought my apartment. And I honestly thought that by 35 I'd be married and kids and and I reached 35 and I was just look it may not happen right it just may not happen for me I've got to grab life I've got to grab life with two hands and just make things happen with or without a partner and I took the steps forward to buy an apartment and I bought it age 35 and I think that was a really big turning point for me having my own apartment. Why am I talking about buying my own apartment in relation to missing out on having kids? Because I felt like I was always waiting for something to happen in my 30s. I was waiting to have kids. I was waiting to have an apartment. I was waiting to travel the world with the love of my life. And I just thought, right, let's just start doing these things because you may not meet someone. I had to really be tough with myself because I always thought I'd meet someone. And I really started to think maybe I won't and I've got to live my life as if I won't. So I bought an apartment which was beautiful. I was obsessed with it. I was almost in a relationship with my apartment. I was so into it. And and I remember one morning sitting on the sofa um, having breakfast on my lap, (laughs) cereal in a mug if you want to know, before I was going out to work. I remember sitting there thinking, you know, I may not meet someone and I may not have kids. And I want to have kids and I made a decision there and then that I would have kids in my lifetime with or without a life partner. It was something that was non-negotiable for me. I I personally didn't want to go through life without experiencing life as a mother and I was going to have children whether it was on my own or not, I was going to have children. So the answer to were you worried about missing out on having kids, the answer is no because I made a decision that I think I told myself at age 35, if I were to reach age 37 and still be single, I would set upon the path of having kids on my own. And, and that was comforting to know that I could control that part of my life. And again, I think it released me into finding the right partner by making that decision. Next question. How did you meet the men you dated? Were there ways you found tended to work out better or worse, like online dating or being set up by friends or meeting guys through activities? 
So how did I meet the men I dated? Well, I was pretty much open to trying anything. I'm talking about kind of life in my 30s. I think life in my 20s, there was a lot of single friends around. We had a good time. Most of my friends got married in the 30s. And that's when I started to feel like I was trailing off and being left behind and not having the thing that I wanted so badly that so many of my friends seemed to be getting. And so I'm pretty much for the for this podcast talking about life in my 30s. So when the question says, how did you meet men you dated? I would say everything. I was on J-Date. So this was the period before Tinder and J-Swipe and J-Meetups and all those fabulous apps. So I used J-Date website to meet, to meet guys. I was open to setups. In fact, I loved the idea of setups because I thought it was, well, if you know me and you know someone else, I kind of trust you. And I, I don't have any horrendous dating stories, maybe one or two, but not, not from setups. I think the horrendous dating stories were probably from internet dating. But really few and far between. Um, I also used to meet people, men through Friday night dinners that I was invited to, where they were organized by a Jewish organization or a rabbi. We had a local rabbi that used to um, invite, you know, 20 or 30 singles and we'd all meet. And I had some really enjoyable evenings. Sometimes it wasn't enjoyable. You know, sometimes I was going to things because I thought if I go to this thing, I may meet someone. I think if you're single, you may relate to me when I say, you know, sometimes it was a Saturday night and I really didn't want to go out, but there was a party. And I thought, if I don't go to this party, I might not meet the person that I meant to meet. And I think looking back, I probably would have said to myself, don't go to the party if that's how you're feeling. You're not, you know, just just don't put that sort of pressure on yourself that if you don't go to this party, you might not meet the person that you would end up falling in love with. I just think if you're in the mood, do it. If you're not, don't. Um, but I really did try every which way to meet to meet the one because like I said to you earlier, it was so important to me. It always has been to me. I'm just a big ball of love and I just want to love and care for others. And I love the idea of the concept of family, of marriage and children. Um, I personally really buy into it. <laughs> I think it is a lot through Jewish because of my Jewish values and because of my um, wonderful childhood and wonderful parents and I just love it. And I wanted that for myself. I certainly went through periods of being more open-minded and less open-minded during dating. There are certainly times where I just didn't want to, to sort of make the effort. But generally speaking, I did put myself out there and I did, you know, try and find ways, original ways to meet people. I remember about six months before I met my husband, started to feel a little bit in a rut, stuck in a rut in London life. As I said, I'd moved into this beautiful new apartment. I, my career was very time consuming. I wasn't really meeting many new people. I was a little bit stuck in a rut. And I remember thinking, if I haven't met someone, say in a year, I'm going to go live in Tel Aviv for six months, just change it up a bit, just do something different. I was always full of ideas. Um, so if, if you're listening and you want some ideas, DM me, come into our, our community and I'll, I'll come up with some really fun ideas for you. <laughs> Next question. How did you find it in you to keep dating considering how terrible and soul destroying it is? Wow. I wouldn't describe it as terrible and soul destroying. I do. I might use soul destroying for parts, but I wouldn't say terrible. I mean, it's just one of those things, right? I feel like if you really want something, it's not going to be smooth and easy to get there. It's just not. There's ups and downs to getting what you want. And, and you know, I knew I wanted it. I wasn't giving up on anything. I was deciding to live my life as if, you know, I wasn't going to meet someone. 
say in the last year before I met my husband. But besides that, I was absolutely not going to stop trying to meet in person. I wanted it so much. Like I said, I wanted it from as long as I could remember. I would say that there were times when it did feel soul destroying, just constantly making the effort. Like I say, going out when you're not necessarily in the mood to go out, going on dates when you're not really sure why on earth you're doing this and stuff like that. And I would sometimes stop and start. So, you know, if I was just, I'd have enough, you know, I might just give myself a break for a week or two, but then I'd get right back up to it. I just wanted to make the effort to give myself the best opportunity of it happening to me. Just want to take a moment to tell you about Smashing Life, my Jewish community, and why I love it so much. I literally hang out in there all the time. It is such a special place to connect with like-minded Jewish women and take action and build the life you want on your terms. We have parties, we have socials, we have masterclasses, we have a recipe book, we have all kinds of good things going on there. It's a place to learn Jewish rituals that will fill your life with purpose and advance you in your life and career and it's a place to feel totally utterly wonderfully you here's what sam one of our members from new york city has to say about her experience of smashing life what i absolutely love about smashing life is the community there's just no other group on the internet like it we get to interact with jewish women from all over the world i have made the absolute best friends for life and now i have a friend in every part of the globe i mean what's not to love about that it's really brought me closer to my connection to Judaism and I just love being a part of this group. Sam is so fabulous so I invite you to join me Sam and so many other wonderful women just head to smashinglife.club and join today. Let's make it about Jew in 2022. I did feel lonely sometimes you know I did look around and see my friends you know doing the thing that I really want to do and there's me in my apartment you know often quite lonely at times trying to make conversations with people at work and filling my life with all kinds of stuff. One of the real positives that came out was sort of meeting really fun, great people. Whereas some of my older friends were now getting settled and married and kids, I, as much as I was in touch with them and very much in touch with them, I also was meeting people who were at a more similar stage of life as me. So we could go to the same parties together. We could hang out together. We could introduce each other to our single friends. So I made some wonderful new friends, which was really fun. Um, so like I say, if you make the effort, I do think there's, there's some positives. One of the negatives that I found hard was people saying things to me, I don't understand. You've got everything going for you. Why haven't, I don't understand we haven't met anyone yet. And you know, when people say that stuff to you, it just makes you feel bad. I know they're trying to be nice, but I just hated it when people said that kind of thing. It, made me, it didn't make me feel, and funnily enough, it made me feel like there was something wrong with me. Another thing that got me down was, you know, when you tell your married friends you've met someone and you're dating and it was going well, and then the next time you speak to them on the phone, they're like, how's it going? And be like, um, actually, it, it didn't work out um, for whatever reason. And they'd be like, oh, gosh, I'm sorry. And it was just, I didn't want the sympathy. I didn't want to have to give them the bad news that it wasn't working out. And it was just... It's just not the right thing that obviously like my single and data friends would say, oh, okay, well, you know, get back up, let's do it and cheer me up. But it was, it was almost the, the friends at the different stage of life just didn't really know the right thing to say. And it got me down that not almost like I was letting them down, but it sort of, it just didn't help. So if you're 
if you're listening and you're coupled up or married and some of your single friends aren't, don't say that to them. <laughs> Next question. Did you only date Jewish men or were you open to an interfaith relationship? What role did Judaism play in your dating choices? So I really, really wanted to meet a Jewish man, but it wasn't a deal breaker. I was very open to meeting whoever I was going to fall in love with. I think falling in love is a really rare thing. And I wasn't going to stop myself from falling in love with someone if they weren't Jewish. And my mom even gave her blessings. She she said, you know, go for it. Whoever it is, is, is the is the, you know, is the right person for you. So I would say I did try to meet Jewish men by going on websites like JJ and let's say if it was if I was dating now I'd go on J Meetups, J Swipe, Blocks Club if I've heard about, you know, those kind of things. But I wouldn't necessarily um, limit myself if I happened to meet someone at a dinner party, let's say I wasn't Jewish, I would I wouldn't stop myself. I think what's coming through with all these answers is I was really keeping an open mind and I think it's vital to do that, to open yourself up to opportunities and not make assumptions on what someone's going to be like, what something's going to be like. Next question, was there anything you did differently with Jeremy than in previous relationships that you think contributed to things working out or was it more just a case of finally meeting the right person at the right time? So I'd say it wasn't anything that I did differently with Jeremy. I think it was more the stage of life I was at. Like I say, I was I had I was a homeowner, which gave me a lot of confidence. I had my own apartment. I loved my apartment. I loved it so much. I actually didn't want anyone I'd met staying over unless I was really serious about them. So surprise, surprise, Jeremy was actually the first person, first guy to stay over, first boyfriend to stay over at my apartment, even though I'd been living there for a year because. I love my apartment so much. I know this sounds crazy. I just didn't want to contaminate it with with anyone who I wasn't crazy about. <laughs> That's how I felt. So I'm and in some ways that was sort of not helping that I was so into my apartment because it just I don't know. I don't think it was necessarily a good thing, but it was a good thing that I was a homeowner. It gave me confidence that I wouldn't have had if I if if I didn't have my own apartment. I think Bisha definitely did come into it as far as he was concerned, because I was his right person at the right time. Have you ever heard that phrase, women will marry the right person at any time, men will marry any person at the right time? Have you heard of that? I think it's quite fun. And I'll say I was his right person at the right time, because, you know, um, he's he's a little a few years older than me and I remember saying to him when we were dating I was saying I wish we'd have met 10 years ago we'd have had 10 more years together and he said no he said if you'd have met me 10 years ago I wasn't ready I wouldn't have wanted marriage and I wouldn't have wanted to settle down with you and so I was so lucky to meet him at a time when he was open to it and he was ready for it and he is my absolute I just love him to bits and he's so wonderful for me and he he brings out the best in me and I hope I bring out the best in him and we're just great together. And as I say, I think it was more, I was his right person at the right time. I want to shout out to my friend Sharon that set us up. So how did I actually meet my husband? You're probably wondering. Well, like I say, I was going on dates and day date and dinners and social events and parties and trying everything. I think I'd been single and dating for about how many years before I met him? About three years. I'd had a very serious relationship prior and then I was single and dating for about three years until I met him and 
We actually got set up by a very old school friend of mine, Sharon, who's not Jewish. She's an Irish Catholic who worked with Jeremy's sister. And she'd met Jeremy a few times through her work colleague. She knew that he was recently single and she thought of me and she she put us together. And I'm eternally grateful. And you can see a picture of Sharon and you can also see our wedding on Smash in the Glass, which is my Jewish wedding blog. I will put the link in the show, show notes. It's called Karen and Jeremy's Wedding. If you want to see Sharon and hear a bit more about how we met and also see, see my wedding and what we did. And like I said earlier in the, in the podcast, getting married inspired a whole new career path of me when I felt excluded from the wedding and the mainstream wedding industry as a Jewish woman. And I decided on maternity leave to set up a dedicated Jewish wedding platform that's now the biggest Jewish wedding platform in the world. And it's just been incredible, Smashing the Glass. So I'll link to an earlier episode where I talk more about setting up Smashing the Glass. And if you're engaged and you're listening to this or you're helping plan a wedding or you're interested in weddings, that's definitely another must-listen episode. I will just say when the question says, did you do anything differently with Jeremy in previous relationships? I will just say I've definitely felt more myself with him than anyone else, which is lovely. And I'm just, you know, when you think someone's right for you, but when you actually meet the right person, you know they're right for you. And that's what this was. Next question. In retrospect, what, if anything, would you have done differently in your dating life? I wouldn't have done anything differently. I, I'm really proud of myself that I had an open mind and then I tried everything. I mean, what more could I ask for myself? <laughs> Next question. How did you handle jealousy towards friends and relationships and feeling betrayed when a long-time single friend got into a relationship? How did you navigate relationships with friends as their relationship status has changed? So I never felt betrayed. I was genuinely happy for my friends when it happened to them. You know, how can you not want for your friends what you want for yourself? Of course, the difficulties came when I started to feel lonely. You know, they're busy, busy, busy with their busy married lives and children or whatever. And I'm not. I'm single. I've got all the time in the world. So, you know, that was that was challenging. But like I said earlier, I definitely found a new circle of friends at the same stage of life that helped me. Um, and that's where, you know, places like Smashing Life come in because that's a great place to meet new Jewish friends at the same stage of life. That's my community for women. And I also loved helping my married friends with their kids and getting to know their kids. That was really important to me. But equally, I really felt that they were at a completely different life stage. And I wanted what they wanted, but I never felt jealous as such. It was more just, I want that so badly. Why isn't it happening to me? Ah! <laughs> Next question. What's your top piece of advice for single Jewish women? Be open-minded, try new things like JMeetups. It's the hot new app. I've been promoting it on the podcast for a while. Definitely go to jmeetups.com and try it out. I would have definitely tried it out when I was dating. You've got to try new things. You've got to have some fun with it. But stop when you need a break. When dating becomes like a treadmill or soul-destroying or just you're not enjoying yourself, you're not enjoying your life, you're not enjoying dating, take a break or change your circumstances, like change something around. What was the hardest thing about being single? The hardest thing was wanting it so badly, wanting to be in a relationship so badly and it not happening and not knowing if it would ever happen. No one can tell you if you're going to get married and have kids. And, and, you know, it was something that I really wanted. And the hardest thing was not knowing if it would happen to me when I wanted it so badly. 
few more questions. So do you feel like there were any benefits to getting married a little later? Yes, um, the benefits were I felt me and my husband both got married a little later on in life. We just felt really ready to set up home. You know, when we have kids, we never resented all the nights at home and not going out. Wisdom, the wisdom of, you know, the relationship, all the wisdom we've collected. You know, I'm sure there's benefits to getting married at every stage of life. But for me, getting married a little later, I think is wonderful. And my husband would agree. Were you afraid of never getting married or were you satisfied being single? I wasn't afraid of never getting married, but I knew I wanted it so badly that I would be, you know, feel like I wouldn't have got the most out of life if I didn't get married. That was for me personally. Obviously, everyone's different. I had, as I shared earlier, I had made the decision to have kids on my own if I I did, wasn't lucky enough to, to find a life partner, but and that certainly helped. But I think for me, if I'd have stayed single all my life, something would have felt like it was missing, but I wasn't afraid. Do you think it's harder being single specifically in the Jewish world? Definitely. There's so much pressure. I remember feeling pressure from my extended family in Israel. I remember the pressure I put on myself. I wanted it so badly for myself because I wanted to have a Jewish home with a Jewish family and Jewish traditions. I wanted it. I do think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves as much as the external pressure and obviously the expectations and it's just what we do in Jewish culture. Um, but equally, I think we're also really lucky to date being Jewish because we get chances to meet people with similar values and outlooks. We get the chance to have sort of organized things done for us. What do I mean by that? So I was dating in London, which is such a big, big, big city. But because I'm Jewish, I was invited to Jewish dinners, Jewish events. Jewish get-togethers and it meant that I could live in the big city but I had this structure and framework to meet more like-minded partners and I was very grateful for that. I also think it's wonderful that we have apps that are specific for us in the Jewish dating world so for me it was JDate. In today's world it's J meetups and others so we're lucky. We are lucky to be Jewish and I think that is a great way to end today's episode. We're so lucky to be Jewish Life comes with its challenges. Nothing good ever comes easy. And I just hope this episode has helped you. So if you'd like me to talk about anything else that you think would be of interest on these wonderful new solo episodes, get in touch. DM me at Your Jewish Life. It's just been such a pleasure to share this with you today. I really enjoy it. I really enjoy hanging out with you. I hope you enjoy hanging out with me. If you'd be so kind, I would love you to share this episode with a friend who you think may need to listen to it. I'm sure they'll love this episode if you know someone Jewish or single or dating that wants to hear from someone that's been through it and come out the other side. You know, I'm now married almost 10 years. I have two daughters, age seven and eight, and life is good. And also, if you love my podcast, please consider leaving me a review. I would so appreciate it. It really helps other people find the podcast when there's a review. So thanks for listening today, and I will see you next week. Quick reminder that the Jewish Joy Journal is available to pre-order from today through till September 29, and I would love you to get your hands on it. It is the daily practice to feel 
happier, more connected and more confident from the inside out as a Jew in 22. It is my baby, my passion. I brought everything about our mission of your Jewish life, your way into a tangible product. And I think you're going to love it. It's part goal planner, part gratitude journal and part non-judgmental Jewish BFF. And this channel will fill your life with daily joy, purpose and nourishing Jewish values. So head on over to jewishjoyjournal.com and grab your journal today.